On the Tuesday, Lou Richards come down, Lou the Lip. Peter, we've heard you can jump this high, we hear you can take great marks, we hear you can smother the ball and tackle properly, and you can kick free goals as well. Stupidly, Nick, I said, Lou, I can jump as high as this grandstand, I can tackle like a machine, and I can kick free goals. Now, next morning you put it in the paper. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh no. Oh. sports fans and welcome to Quinny's Cult Heroes, thanks to the Ladbrokes Listen Network. Today we're at a magnificent location in WA, Freshwaters Cafe. We're sitting outside in the sunshine and I'm joined by a superstar of the VFL, Peter Bazasto, better known as The Buzz. Thanks very much, uh, Nick. It's uh, what a fantastic day in uh, Western Australia and uh, probably get down to the beach a bit, a little bit later on. Uh, uh, Nick, it's uh, just, that, just that good, but uh, I believe about six or seven in Melbourne. Yeah, no, it's a little, <laughs> it's, a, it's not exactly balmy in Melbourne, so I appreciate the fact you've invited us over mm. to the state that basically you put on the mat with your footy and you've just turned it on, not a cloud in the sky, we're looking over the water. I could get used to this. It's beautiful and uh, I think it's Queensland stole it from us. <laughs> Perfect one day and, and uh, terrific the next, but uh, no, fantastic and really glad to uh, have you here and uh, yes, we can... We're going to talk a little bit of footy. We're going to talk a bit of footy, that's for sure, because you absolutely lit up the hearts of Carlton supporters with three magnificent years there and did some wonderful <coughs> things over in the Waffle with Perth. But we're going to start with probably a little bit more of a serious tone mm. and a bit of a sombre tone. Mm. How are you and how is your health? Yep, um, the health's getting better. Um, probably 12 months ago, 18 months ago it wasn't. Uh, I uh, contacted uh, uh, rectal cancer, bowel cancer, and uh, which metatast into, unfortunately, liver cancer. And um, had a uh, pretty, uh, pretty substantial rounds of, uh, of chemotherapy and uh, and ra radiation to uh, to uh, try and uh, you know to try and uh, appease it. Um, I can report now, Nick, that um, you know it's a pretty good, pretty good position now. I went down to 68 kilos, so I was in a bit of a bit of a um, bad uh, situation there at one stage. But uh, with the help of my uh, my darling wife and uh, grandkids and, and daughter and son, um, uh, you know. Uh, Stuck at it and um, had a terrific doctor that was uh, right on top of it. And um, now I can say that I'm 95% free, but they just don't give you that extra 5% because it's got a habit of coming back. But, uh, um, you know, with the help of, uh, you know, the amazing AFL, VFL family, uh, you know, helping me out, it's been very, very much overwhelming. And, uh, you know, I'm in a, in a pretty good spot at the moment. Now, you speak about people helping you out. You're not just talking about well wishes. It's been financial support mm, and yes. putting your, their arm around you in a yeah. time of need. I think that's a very good way of putting it. And uh, and I tell a story, uh, you know, a couple of, couple of uh, months ago, a couple of years, uh, we, probably 12 months now, uh, you know, Alex Jezelenko and uh, Bruce Dool, you know, that I know very well, you know, uh, they uh, uh, just said, Buzz, what can we do for you? And uh, I said, look, whatever you want to do, fellas. And uh, they signed up, you know, uh, bits of memorabilia for me. And uh, then the, uh, the Facebook went into... Uh, into mode and, uh, you know, sold, sold quite a lot of them. But um, it first started probably about 18 months ago, Nick, when um, Jez's daughter, a lady called Kate Jezelenko, um, sort of rang me and, uh, you know, without her knowing that what I was going through, I sort of let it out that she said, how are you going like you have? And uh, I said, well, I've just had my first round of chemotherapy. And she said, what, what, chemotherapy? And, of course, it uh, got to the stage where she said, um, you know, um, let's do something for you and, uh, you know, we'll get in it. So there was things done, Nick. There was a, a jumper signing. A lot of the Carlton superstars uh, uh, signed jumpers for me and their prints, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, you mentioned it before, Nick. Even strangers, 
you know, that loved the way I played footy come up to me and that's a very, very satisfying thing to do as well. And, uh, you know, with the Facebook uh, happening as well, social media, um, it, all come, it all come together. And, uh, you know, it was in a pretty bad way, um, you know, uh, uh, the doctor didn't mention to me how severe it was at the in the first instance, but um, you know, uh, 12 months later, when I had PET scans done on three different occasions, the first one was full of cancer, the liver, the second one was heart, and the third one was only spots on it. So I knew at that stage that I was in in the, in the right frame of mind, and all the sickness and you know the side effects and uh, losing weight, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, was well worth it. But uh, you know. Uh, May not go through it again if I knew what I had to go through now, but uh, you know I, I won't miss a PET scan now, Nick, because that's that, that's what tells you what's going on. And uh, I do implore people if they've got a pain somewhere, if they're finding it hard to go the toilet, or if they've got you know pain in the heart or anything like that, go and have a checkup. Go and have a checkup. It was probably the best thing that I did. My my wife actually, uh, you know, she hounded me for you know th three or four months. You're losing too much weight. There's something else wrong, and there was something else wrong. It was you know cancer and uh, colonoscopy proved that, unfortunately for me, but uh, you know, the doctors was very, very good. The staff at the, uh, the oncology was outstanding and uh, I'm here to tell the story now. And too many of us blokes, we're stubborn. It's, uh, mm. she'll be right, we'll mm. get over this, whatever it is, don't worry about yep. it. And if your superstar wife, Shelley, didn't push you out the door to go to the doctor, <coughs> you would not be sitting here talking to me today. Yeah, well, the grandkids were very good too because they're always on the, on the phone, how are you, granddad? How's things going? How's the treatment going? You know, and uh, I had to lie to them a lot of times because I wasn't feeling that well. And, uh, you know, I went through probably uh, 18 months of just virtually in, in the bedroom. COVID was around at the time too, that, uh, that uh, uh, famous uh, disease, of course, that's just come in and uh, just couldn't do much uh, at all. But uh, again, as I mentioned before, the overwhelming support from people, from, you know, from people I didn't know, other, other clubs, Nick, they were outstanding, you know. Dougie Hawkins from Putscray, uh, uh, Tony Lockett, I've mentioned that story to you, and, uh, you know, Simon Beasley and, uh, you know, Dale Waitman's going to do a, a fundraiser for me. And uh, it, just, it just was so good that, um, you know, that I knew I wasn't by myself. Uh, and I think that's what I'll probably try and get as well. Don't think you're by yourself, people. Ask for help if, if that's the way. And, uh, you know, I uh, think good things will come because I really do think, Nick, that, uh, you know, not being over, you know, dramatic about it, I think probably had two months to live. Uh, and it was all these people's support. And of course, my wife, uh, you know, is, is the, the main uh, leader there, um, probably saved my life because of, you know, the, the pushing that they did. And uh, as you just mentioned then, don't get pushed, go and get it, go and get it done. And one thing the footy community does so well is support those in times mm, of need. Yeah. Can you give an example of one of the two conversations you had mm. with some of these legends you've just mentioned that helped lift your spirits? Well, the, probably the good story was um, uh, a mag, uh, greyhound trainer over here is one of the, one of the uh, top trainers, uh, uh, Steve. Uh, he knows Tony Lockett very well uh, with the, uh, the uh, coincidence with, with greyhounds. And he said, Pete, instead of giving you money and, and, and donating to you, why don't we, we, we get a dog? And I named the dog after you, Navy Blue Buzz, uh, which has won three or four races at the moment, which is great. And uh, about oh, four or five weeks after that, I got a phone call. And um, I had reached out to this gentleman before, but I didn't know, you know, he'd give me a ring back. And uh, he rang me back and he said, Buzz, I played my first league game on you. I had 28 kicks that day, but 26 were kickouts. And he said, I've heard your plight. Um, I want to help. I want to sign a couple of jumpers for you. Nick, Tony Lockett. Plugger! Tony Plugger Lockett. You're kidding and, me. Uh, signed a couple of jumpers for me, uh, sent them across. Fantastic. That's just one story, Nick. I'll get, I'll get on a tram a couple of weeks ago. I was in Melbourne. Essendon supporter comes up to me. Buzz, I used to love watching you play. I'm a mad Essendon supporter, though. So 
the sphere of, uh, of um, you know, the, the wide-ranging um, effect that I had on people, which I'm really glad now that I did, uh, you know, helped enormously and, uh, you know, it, it, helped, it had helped me and uh, that's why I'll keep in the game for a long time, people. And, of course, the famous one, Neil Danaher, played a lot of footy on Neil when I was in Melbourne and, uh, you know, what a fight that Neil, Neil has put up and uh, I just envy it very, very, very much and uh, I'm uh, probably the other way that, you know, I'll... Uh, you know, I'll keep in the fight. I've got to have PET scans, et cetera, et cetera, you know, along the way. But, uh, you, know, only, uh, you know, only revere what, uh, what Neil's done and gone through. And, uh, you know, people out there that's got that sort of thing, please go and get it done because, uh, you know, if you get it early enough, you've got a really good chance of, of, uh, of uh, killing cancer, if that's the point. Your legacy will not be all the magic you've produced on the footy field. Hopefully it's extending blokes' lives by getting yeah. them to go to the doctor. Look, that's a very good point too. And... Uh, I've got a, a, a doctor that rang me or probably, you know, 12 months, 18 months' time, and he said, Pete, you know, like, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to donate to you. And I said, look, Doc, I, I love, you know, I, I'd rather give you something, you know, if you want an Alex Desilenko signed a print or a jumper of a Bruce Stool or Steve Kernahan, and, uh, you know, I'll, I can do that for you. And, uh, you know, he said, well, Buzz, what about we start off a, um, a foundation of helping retirees that come out of football or Vietnam veterans that come in and not doing it well? Not doing it well, so I sort of put my name to that too. And a lot of uh, uh, um, superstars have uh, Alex Desilenko, Steve Cooney, David Parkin, my great coach. You know, has put put in. And we're trying to get other clubs involved as well because uh, you know that's around. There's a lot of it around, and there's a lot of them not on million dollar contracts. You know, that have come out from the years and years gone by, and they suffer. Uh, look, you know, I want to help those particular people too with the help of the other foundation and uh, that's something that's going to be close to my heart and, uh, you know, I might be doing that for the next couple of years and if we can, uh, you know, support people from other clubs, uh, please give me a call and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get in the game for you. Now, you're a very positive person. You've had bad luck, though, with your health and financially, not once but twice mm. and not through bad luck through basically being ripped off? Yes, um, well, the scamming part about it is, uh, is pretty ordinary. And, uh, you know, we had a situation uh, that we uh, put uh, quite a bit of money into a life lease opportunity, which paid our rent for our entire life. Along with Nick, along with around about 200 other elderly uh, couples uh, that put money into this particular fund, trust fund it was called. And uh, unfortunately, or fortunately at last for two and a half years, three years, and all of a sudden the money went missing. So that put me under pressure with, uh, you know, with that money that was gone. We had to pay rent again, and those other elderly people too. Nick, we have gone through uh, governments. We've gone through local governments. We've gone through the media. We've gone through uh, state government. And at this stage, you know, we've got a class action against ASIC, who were the ones that actually um, passed this particular um, offer uh, in an investment type area. And unfortunately, we haven't received anything from there. But we've got a class action and we may get the money back for the elderly people. Because a lot of these people, Nick, actually put their life savings into this particular investment offer that was offered. And, uh, you know, that's very, very unfortunate too. You mentioned another one too. We had a fundraiser for myself around about eight, nine, ten months ago. Um, the gentleman uh, said that, you know, we've got uh, uh, two or three hundred people coming off. That was 2021, uh, Nick. That was called off because of COVID. 2020, uh, 20, 2020, sorry. 2021 was exactly the same. That was called off because COVID hit Melbourne again. Uh, he collected a lot of money for that and uh, we never received that at all. On the night, 
He raised around about $30,000. Uh, we didn't get that at all. Um, he took off with the money and uh, unfortunately hasn't paid me, but uh, uh, it's come from some other source within the family. And, uh, you know, I'm just very grateful for that. But people, again, showed me their charity and their good side of their particular, um, you know, offering that I did. And uh, fortunately for me, uh, that was paid back. And it's been all over the news and the, and the TV and the radio. So, uh, you know, something that um, you know, probably wasn't our fault. And um, fortunately, again, uh, there's terrific people out there that uh, have got a big heart. Now, for those that want to help you financially, how can they do so? Um, well, things are pretty good at the moment. Um, you know, uh, uh, with, with a lot of the uh, traditional and history part of the Carlton Footy Club, uh, a, a lot of the people love the old, uh, the, uh, the older, older statesmen, I call them. And, uh, you know, I, I must go into another story. And uh, um, one of my greatest players I played with was Bruce Dool the flying doormat and uh, you know Bruce says and I've always got on pretty well you know and uh, and as you quite well know I come across uh, going out to Melbourne with the great man Kenny Hunter and of course Kenny Hunter and, and Bruce on that half the famous half back line and uh, I rang Bruce and uh, Bruce said yes I'll sign anything Buzz please don't fine no problem at all no problem you know what do you want me to sign and he signed these things for me and I quite often rang him a couple of times just to thank him Nick you know just to thank people and I love doing that and uh, you know I rang him up one day and I said my wife and I are coming over uh, Bruce love to take you and your wife out and uh, we're going to have a coffee or a you know a, a, a luncheon or, or, or a dinner he said Buzz I don't do lunch I don't do tea and I don't do dinner and how come i I didn't take I didn't take umbrage to him <laughs> but that's the way Bruce was and uh, rang him back another week later and he, it was the same again and uh, it, again it was just it was just so overwhelming and um it give me that pep up. That's what I'm trying to say. Give me that pep up to keep going and uh, you know keep in the fight because um, you know another little story. My wife, my wife and, and, and daughter are really good on the on the social media. My daughter puts a, a, a report to people. You know, dad's going well. It's been 12 months since then. He's put on weight, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 1,400 people um, acknowledge that particular uh, social media. And I thought to myself, well, I haven't got 14 friends, let alone 1,400 people on the social media that uh, have wished me, you know, really, really good luck. And, uh, and that's the sort of thing that, that I'm looking forward to. If I can do that for someone else, I'll do it. That's absolutely outstanding. In a couple of weeks, you're going to go back to Melbourne, so mm -hmm. you're probably going to run into a lot of people again that'll be wishing yeah. you all the best. Oh, I think so. I'm going over there for the great man's uh, uh, tribute luncheon, which is David Parkin, the great coach. And, uh, you know, I really, really, uh, you know, he bore me out as a player, um, you know, the player that I was, and, uh, you know, turned me into a uh, pretty good player in a team situation. And, uh, you know, just love to go over there. And uh, and he's been terrific too, signing stuff, et cetera, et cetera. So there'll probably be about seven or 800 people at that function because Hawthorne will be included in that too, Nick, because uh, of the uh, the uh, the um, comparison with uh, David coaching them and playing in a premiership as well, and uh, uh, the Hawthorne guys will be there as well. And, uh, and one of the guys that have been reaching out to me too has been Dermot Burton. Uh, Dermot's been very good too. Buzz, what do you want? You know, what can I do for you, etc., etc. That's heartwarming. Yeah, Nick, it is. It's heartwarming, and it keeps me going. But uh, no, coming over there, I've got a couple of shows to do uh, with um, you know with. Uh, my good mate Jimmy Buckley and Wayne Johnson and uh, Dale Waitman's coming along to do the, the MC, and that's you know that, that's that's what that's what sort of it's about. But 
Those sort of things, Nick, will be a situation where I'm trying to thank people. There'll only be 40 or 50 there, which I would, uh, hopefully the, the people that support me are coming along. For me to say that, I can go around to the tables and say thank you very much and, uh, you know, whatever you want, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there for doing it. So, uh, again, it's just a, it's a fantastic, uh, you know, it's a fantastic family to be with, Nick, I can tell you. Well, you look sensational. Like, you look fantastic. You wouldn't know you've gone through all these horrible experiences in the last couple of years, so well, you've bounced back. Well, don't do much talking, as you know, so, uh, you know, but... Had to twist your that, arm. That's got me back. I, <laughs> I couldn't talk there for a long time. Oh, you know, with, 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 the, with the throat, et cetera, and ulcers and that sort of thing. But, uh, no, I, I was... I went down to 68 kilos, as I mentioned, but uh, I've come back to around about 95, 96, and uh, I've put on a bit of weight, but uh, at that stage I was collapsing and uh, fainting, and uh, my wife had to call uh, uh, ambulance a few times, rush to hospital, and I've got things on my neck, to, <laughs> the head that I've fallen over and bashed my head, etc., etc. So, you know, that, that sort of thing has helped me tremendously, that, uh, you know, the, um, uh, the blood cells went down quite well, and that, they were going back every week. Um, you know, tell, tell the listeners that, uh, and the viewers that, uh, you know, I had about 35, 38 blood tests too. Every time I had to go and have a uh, chemo or a radiation, I had to go and get a blood test too. So it's not easy. It was, sorry for this, bloody brutal. Yep. It was absolutely brutal. I don't envy anyone going through it. Uh, so as we said before, please go and get your checkup. You know, you can beat things very, very easily now if it's done correctly and done early. And um, thankfully for me, um, you know, I, I must have got it early as well because it was, was just coming in. But, you know, when you hear these things, uh, Nick, like a cancer or a rectal cancer or bowel cancer, you're thinking the worst, aren't you? Well, absolutely. And if you didn't show that initiative and you weren't proactive, we dread to fear how bad it could have I think have been, so, yes. So. Yeah. Well, just, just on that, um, you know, I was just telling Russ, Mr. Wilder, go, I've lost three people in the 81 grand final that have passed away already. Billy Pickin, Mario Bordalotto, my great teammate, and of course Craig Stewart went around about a, a, a week ago. And uh, that to me, it was only 40 years ago, they were probably only their early 60s, mid-60s, and uh, today's turn, Mick, it's not really, it's not really, uh, you know, old, is it? Nice you know? So, um, you know, and I could have been a fourth one if I hadn't done, done these things. So you're quite right in what you're saying. Now you've done unbelievably well to put up such a great fight and get back to this situation mm. where you, as you said, 95% back to normal, mm, yeah. but hopefully it's higher than that. They just like to err on the side of caution, well, those doctors. I, I think yeah, that's that's the point. And I, and I think, uh, you know, we'll probably get a little bit of footy now. I think the football has helped me too, Nick. I think, uh, the player that I was at Perth, I played nearly 100 games at Perth before uh, North Melbourne signed me up. I signed at North Melbourne first. I don't know whether people know that, but, uh, um, you know, my, uh, my uncle is Tommy Allison, which is Brett Allison's father. Brett played over 200 games with North Melbourne. And Ron Joseph signed me up, but I was only around about 17 or 18 at the time, and uh, I didn't think I was ready to go. And my father said, "No, no, no, we'll pull you back, and you play a few games, you know." Now, Nick, they go at 18 and 19 no. years of age, you know. So um, I got to the stage where it was about 21, 22. Started to play some pretty good footy. Played a couple of state games against the Vicks and played fairly well. And I knew what I was had to had to do and get myself stronger and get myself sort of into into a bit better. Remember the first game, uh, Nick, uh, we, we, we um, look, I'll go back and can I tell a story a couple Absolutely. of days? That's how I uh, signed up and uh, uh, unfortunately, um, Carlton come over to see me play in my 100th game. It was against South Fremantle here in WA 
Morris Rioli, Stephen Michael, uh, uh, Benny Vagono, uh, uh, Kevin Taylor, ex-Sydney, they had a fantastic side, you know, and uh, uh, Brad Hardy played as well, the Brownlow medalist, and uh, I played a 100th game, kicked eight goals, and Carlton said, ooh, ooh, you know, we'll take you to Sydney, and, uh, you know, and see, it was one of those exhibition games, you know, I don't know whether you remember, 1980, Essendon played Carlton, flew me over, sat in the Sir Donald Bradman stand, and... Uh, they did the, uh, the the number on me, you know, would you like to come across to Carlton? Would you, we'd love to have you. You played yesterday, fantastic. Down beside me, Nick, there was a um, brown paper bag, you know, and it's full of coins only, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't dollars, you know, so it was only coins, you know. Protest. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, you know, and uh, they sort of took me into it. Um, you know, it was a, uh, probably the best thing I did. Um, about six months later, uh, David Parkin took over at, at Carlton and instead of, uh, um, Big Percy, Percy Jones, and uh, David rang me and said, um, uh, uh, rang Kenny Hunter, Kenny, David Parkin just taken over at Carlton. Uh, I want you to come across early and get used to the tradition, history, and culture of this great club. But I want to try you on a half back line. Bruce Dool, Val Perovic, and yourself. And I get a shiver every time I hear that half back line, actually, Nick, because it's such a you know uh, uh, iconic half back line for Carlton. Kenny said, yep, coach, I'll be... And it was that sort of man that you wanted to do things for him straight away, David, and fantastic. He rang me the next day and he said, Peter, I've heard you sign with us and uh, well, I'd like you to come over really and get used to the tradition, history, culture of the club. And I said, uh, you know, oh, I'm looking forward to it, Dave. And he said, I want to try you on a uh, half wood line. Wayne the Dominator Johnson, Mark Sellers McClure, and I want to try you on that half forward line as well. And, uh, you know, probably, Nick, um, two of the greatest half back line and the half forward line um, in Carlton, which I'm very humbled to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I'm not really that um, uh, humble in saying that uh, Carlton half back line of the flying doormat, uh, <laughs> uh, Brucey and Sellers, sorry, not Sellers, Perra and Kenny was, was such a great side too. So I went across there when in late March. Uh, I said, I don't need to train too much today, but I'll just come across and, uh, and, and start performing for you. Played against Richmond in our first game, uh, Nick, and, um, which was a scratch match. They bit, they clawed, they whacked, they kicked, they scratched, they punched. I ran home to Dad and I said, Dad, like this, that, that, and the other. And he said, if you don't, uh, if you, don't uh, you know, blend in with it and get used to it, you might as well get on the plane and, and come back straight away. Two weeks later, I played against Hawthorne, against Dipper and all, that, all these uh, great Hawthorne guys. Uh, took a couple of good marks and uh, in that stage, Carlton said, right, we're going to get a clearance. Oh, we hear you can take great marks, we hear you can smother the ball and tackle properly and you can kick free goals as well. Stupidly, Nick, I said, Lou, I can jump as high as this grandstand, I can tackle like a machine and I can kick free goals. Now, next morning, you put it in the paper. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> And I thought to myself, oh no. <laughs> so I had to, I had to and, and in those days, Nick, we didn't have, um, uh, you know, fairly quiet people. We had Jimmy Buckley and Sellers and, oh. and Jeff Southey and that, we were just, they were eyeballing, they were eyeballing me, you know. You better walk the walk, mate. If you can talk the talk, you better walk the walk. So uh, uh, funny could happen, we got picked on the, on the Saturday. We played Richmond, they unfurled the flag, the mighty Richmond side come out. Walked around the place, or ran around the place, 20 minutes, Nick, I couldn't get a kick, and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, I'm the first plane back here to uh, to Perth. Anyway, the runner comes screaming out to me, you big-headed <laughs> from Western Australia. Didn't mince his words, and he didn't mince his words, <laughs> which I, which I, I uh, you know, deserved. And he said, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, I can't get a kick, I can't move, I can't breathe. With that, he went back to Parkin. Parkin said, tell him to squat down, take three deep breaths, 
take it all in, do it around the place. Would you believe it, Nick? I had 20 possessions in the next one, kicked three goals, took 10 or 12 marks. We won the game very handsomely, and I end up winning the player of the round. How good. So David Parkin turned my uh, career around in the split second that he knew that I was going through, and uh, that's why I think they revere him as, as a great coach because, uh, you know, he's had four, four premierships, I think, and played in one, and, uh, you know, just a sensational coach and uh, has been a man manager and, and a man mountain of people uh, for, for a long, long time, and uh, that's one of the reasons why my wife and I are going over to, um, to celebrate with him, you know, a tribute to him and, uh, you know, all the... I'd be there with bells on, Nick, I can tell you. Now, that 1981 season, it was yeah. actually a dream. If you wrote it for a movie, you'd say it was too unrealistic. Goal of the year, mark of the year, and a premiership, all in the first year for the Blues. Talk us through the goal that came up against Geelong. It was absolutely spectacular. We'll have to put it out in the socials. Funny you should mention that, Tony. It was a good year. It was a very good year. And, uh, uh, look, it was a great side, too. You know, we had superstars on every line. You we know, about the goal. You know, Tell us about the goal well, before we get you know, modest about Doesn't the everyone do that? Smother the ball in the pocket and kick it 45 metres around the place, you know, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> but no, no, well, look, it was a, something that, um, you know, David sort of instilled in me. You know, if, if I asked you for a, um, a um, uh, something special or something, you know, um, you know, was about the 20-minute mark of the, of the quarter, second semi-final, I think you mentioned it, and uh, uh, I got to about 20-minute mark. I think Geelong with three goals, we were none, and we were sort of, uh, you know, lamenting a little bit, and, uh, and all of a sudden I got an opportunity, went ball went over the back of the pack, uh, went into the pocket. Uh, one of the Leyland brothers, uh, sorry, the Nan Kerbis brothers, uh, picked, the, picked the ball up, tried to kick it away, uh, dived at him from around about 10 or 12 feet away and smothered the ball. It was about that close to the boundary line. It stayed in, picked it up, and I thought, oh, I'll run straight in because no one would have been, you know, uh, uh, been up with me uh, to do it. But they were coming at me, so I just threw the boot on it. It sort of spun around like they do now with these special kicks, and uh, you know, went through the goals. And to say I was pretty happy with it uh, because, as you know, two weeks before that. I took the mark of the year as yeah. well, you know. So uh, I thought, well, what's the mark of the year and the goal of the year double, you know? So <laughs> I don't think anyone's done that, you know. And, uh, of course, then I was lucky enough a couple of weeks later to be a part of the premiership side. And, uh, you know, it's very humbling, and I talk about it a lot, but it's very, very humbling to be to take the mark of the year, the goal of the year, and to be a part of a premiership in the one year, which was 1981. We'll talk about the premiership in just a sec. I just want to talk about the individual brilliance for just a second. Was that the best goal you ever kicked? Oh, I'd say so, yeah, I'd say so. And, and um, at that stage too, I think, um, you know, I went from a, probably a selfish player, flamboyant player, into a, probably a team player. And I really do love that about what I did at Carlton. Um, you know, I, I mentioned to you I had a roast, uh, you know, about uh, six or eight months ago and uh, three of the guys got up and were supposed to roast me, but they all said, well, Buzz did this and did that and did that for the side and that for the side. Jimmy Buckley got up and he said, we're supposed to be roasting this money, Mark, you know, well, stop lording him up, you know, he does that himself, you know, so, uh, but it was something that I really, uh, you know, really fall back on. Um, Nick, I don't know whether you know this particular story, uh, we played Essendon one day, we were four, four goals up with, with 28 minute mark and uh, of the last quarter, um, you know, when uh, Neil Danner, who had done something special, kicked three goals and uh, Essendon pinched the game from us by one point but in that particular game I had 17 effective tackles which David actually said after the game was a highlight of, of the game you know and that's the sort of thing that I revered as well because um, you know premierships don't come around a lot do they Nick and uh, unfortunately uh, you know you can be a really good side one uh, one year and I spoke to Russell about this you know just a while ago and he said Buzz he said that uh, uh, 2021 
Melbourne side should have been, you know, should have maybe won two or three in a row. But you hunted the next year. Yeah. Nick, you hunted and they play a little bit better for, than you. They, they hunt the players that are you know, great by Petrarca and Oliver and, uh, you know, these sort of guys that, uh, you know, are great players. And, uh, uh, you know, they, they get tagged and they get sort of, uh, you know, tagged and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, that 81-82 was sensational because, you know, we were good enough to, to win the back-to-back the, -back the next year against a very, very, very good Richmond side. And uh, it's something I'm very proud of. And, uh, you know, you don't win those games. That's what I was trying to say. You don't win those games with, uh, you know, with individuals, do you? You know, you must win it with a, with a side. Uh, and we had, of course, that little fleet called the Mosquito Fleet at that time. Nick and they were sensational players as well. Buckley and Sheldon and Harms and Johnson, Ashman, you know, Ashman. Great players, you know, and, uh, you know, we all got along very well and we go back to reunions now and it's just like we didn't see each other for a couple of years because, uh, you know, those stories, they get longer and longer, Nick, and they get higher and higher <laughs> the marks, you know, so, uh, and I like people that didn't see me play, Nick, because I could tell them how good I was. No, no, see, no, you know? no, that's not true. You need the social media clips because two of the best marks I've ever seen you took, one of them was against Geelong and the other one, and we were talking about this off air, I was trying to work out where it was, it was and what it was for. Mm. It was against Richmond. Yes. And I'm, it wasn't at the MCG and it wasn't at Princess Park. Mm. Tell us where it was and tell us about how on earth you came yep. to play footy there. It was a um, replay of the 1982 grand final. Uh, the Commonwealth Games was on, uh, Nick, and the AFL at that stage, VFL, sorry, uh, uh, the, the Commonwealth Games Committee wanted an exhibition game or a replay game of the grand final sides and they flew us up there. It was at the Gabba. The old Gabba with the dog track around the play uh, in those in those days. We are talking 40 years ago, uh, which is you know uh, a long time ago. But um, that was at the uh, Gabba. Um, I think we kicked 26 goals. Richmond kicked 28, and uh, it was just I think an introduction to uh, to Brisbane people um, that that football was sensational in uh, in Melbourne and the uh, the VFL at that stage was uh, you know um, I think getting ready to go into a uh, you know a, 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 a five six states. Um, mm. competition, uh, which was WA coming in, uh, uh, South Australia coming in, of course, Brisbane, with their great sides a little bit later on. But uh, I think that was an introduction that, uh, you know, they really needed. And, uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of these states now, Nick, it's, it's incredible the amount of um, uh, barracking and fans they've got for every side. You know, yeah. every time you go to a game at, at, at the Gabba House, it's nearly, nearly full now because of the Brisbane, what they've done, and Fitzroy, of course. But um, yeah, it's good to see. And, uh, you know, going to be very, very interesting now, isn't it, Nick, when this uh, Tasmanian uh, situation comes in and uh, see what happens there. But uh, there's been many, many, many great players from uh, from Tasmania that's come across and uh, and played uh, AFL, VFL footy. That'll be sensational. A truly national competition when Tassie starts, that's for sure. 1981, let's talk about the grand final. Up against Collingwood, the arch mm. enemy. What do you remember about the day and walking out on the ground? I'll, I'll start from the, uh, uh, the, Saturday, the Monday. Uh, it's the uh, Brownlow. And a lot of the Carlton players were, were invited in, including myself. And uh, um, I get a tap on the shoulder going in, the, and one of, the, one of the umpires, and I said, Peter, I know you've, you've robbed yourself of six votes. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? He said, you're best on ground both of those games, but you back-chatted me, oh. and, I, and I took the three votes off you. I said, oh, OK. Anyway, <laughs> I said, oh, don't worry, I'll get nowhere near. I'm just here for a, you know, for a lemonade and a, uh, and, and a soft drink. Anyway, halfway through, uh, and um, at that stage, Roddy Ashman was the odds on favourite. He won everything. He won uh, the, uh, the, the 3M uh, medal. He won the Truth medal. He won, won everything. The uh, player, the player of the year, etc., etc. We thought Ashy was going to win it properly. But in those days, Nick, they counted the ones and twos first, and 
the Ashy was around about 16 or 18 votes at that stage, and we're going, oh, Ashy's going to vault away with this, and uh, this this was the year of the, the, the tie. It was uh, Bur uh, it was Barry Round, and Barry's gone, of course, and and Kelvin Templeman. Or was it uh, Bernie? Bernie? It was Bernie, sorry, Bernie, you were quite right. Uh, Bernie, and um, it got to the stage where um, the three votes come out, and maybe only about halfway through, I was about six or eight, and all of a sudden, three votes, Carlton versus St Kilda. Three votes, Pete Zusto. Carlton versus Sydney Swan, South Melbourne at those days. Three votes, Kay Hunter. The next week, Carlton versus Hawthorne. Three votes, Pete Zusto. So I went from six to 12, and Kenny went from, I think, 12 to about 15, and Ashley wasn't polling votes. In the, in the end, Ashley polled another three, which went him to 20, but the leaders were 21. Mm. What I'm trying to say, Nick, we took about six or eight, three votes off, off unfortunately, Ashley, and uh, it uh, cost him the, uh, the brown that, But That's uh, what happens when you're in a great team. Oh, like exactly, that, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It was like um, a couple of years ago, I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, Dane Swan was in a, in a great side and, and got, and got uh, people taking votes. And, of course, the great Melbourne guys that uh, yeah. I thought uh, uh, Christian Petrarca was going to win it a year or so ago, but Oliver got it and uh, Stephen May got some rags votes and that. And, uh, but that, of course, is a great side because, uh, you know, they're, they're playing in a great side. But, um, no, look, uh, and, and Tuesday was training, uh, Nick. Uh, uh, we get to training and there's 20,000 people there. Like, yeah. And I just come from Perth. Uh, now there's 4,000 people at, at a ground. Go on, your buzz, you Know, good on you, good luck next year at Carlton, you know. On Wednesday night we had a slight um, thing and uh, unfortunately there was hardly one there. And, 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 and Collingwood had the same boat, but they had 25, 30 south. We heard the whole ground was virtually covered. And um, Thursday night, of course, great night, uh, you know, training again, 25 people, 1,000 people packing in and uh, you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be unbelievable, this, you know. Friday was the um, was the parade. Uh, that was fantastic as well. And, of course, then Saturday comes. You run out onto the ground and that's just absolutely sensational. I'm a young fella from Western Australia. I'm like this. I'm a bit nervous and, you know, and... I didn't have a good game. Didn't have a good game. I was a little overawed of the situation. Uh, did some good things, but you know, it wasn't sort of my game. David pulled me in, you know, after the game three or four weeks later, and just said, Pete, you know, uh, next year is going to be a different year. And at that stage, Nick, I said to myself, I'm going to play better next year, and I'm going to be aware of what's going on, and I'm going to let myself go. If we do make it, if we do make it, of yeah. course. So, you know, 81 was a good learning curve for me. I had a, you know, terrific season along with the side, but uh, probably let myself down in the in the grand final. And Nick, I think a lot of people um, test your um, uh, manner on uh, what you play in finals, how you yeah. play in finals. Had a very good second semi, you kicked three goals out of 18, 20 possessions. But then the grand final, I had probably 13, didn't kick a goal, uh, did a couple of good things, but it wasn't the way that I wanted to play. So uh, um, stewed about it all summer and, uh, you know, was, was lucky enough to get an opportunity the next year. Spot on. 12 months later, you're back in the grand final yeah. up against Richmond, who had yeah. won the premiership two years earlier. Yes. And this mm. time you had a terrific game. You kicked two vital goals. Mm. You were one of the best players on the mm. field. So... In one way, it was lovely, the fact mm. you got to learn 12 months yes, earlier and yes. still get the Premiership medallion, yeah, yeah. but then on the second occasion, be one of the key players in the victory. Very, very important point. And, uh, you know, I was aware of what was going to happen and, uh, you know, I just let myself go. Um, David, uh, for some reason, well, the second semi-final, um, I got reported and got a week for swearing in the, uh, or bad language in the in the uh, qualifying. I got a week. Jono got two weeks for hitting David Polkinghorne. Which, as you know, listeners and viewers, uh, you don't do that in uh, uh, AFL Tribunal. You don't give the bloke up, you know. Yes, he hit me and Ben and Johnny got two weeks. So at that stage, we had to win the prelim. Sorry, lose the second semi 
which we did, against Richmond, powerful Richmond, beat us easy. Then uh, we played the next week against uh, Hawthorne in the prelim. We won that just very ordinary game, but we got the opportunity to play in the grand final, which Jono was, was a part of. And, uh, you know, what a sensational uh, game that uh, one the Dominator Johnson put up that day, come into the side, and, uh, you know, it was just good to be, to be a part of it. But probably in the back of my mind, I thought, this Richmond side, very, very, very good side. They're a powerful uh, uh, unit. Uh, they they uh, beat us easily in the uh, uh, second semi, but without John and I, so we may have had. David, for some reason, um, ridiculous reason, left me on the, well, put me on the bench for the start of the game. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was walking up and down the thing, trying to get back onto the ground. And uh, uh, the, the, the first quarter went virtually according to, uh, you know, not the plan. We kicked three goals in the first eight minutes. Jono kicked one, I think Wayne Harms kicked one, and uh, I think Jimmy Buckley kicked one, and uh, we went three goals to none at the 10-minute mark. All of a sudden, Jimmy Jess has poleaxed uh, uh, Kenny Hunter. Kenny's come off the ground. Uh, Robert Klomp come on, but he's got one from Jimmy Jess as well. So it was on, and 20-minute mark, a big brawl up on the wing, and uh, 10 minutes or five minutes later, Ross Stitchburn got kicked in the back of the head. He got concussion neck and uh, that brought me onto the ground. And uh, uh, it was just sensational come on because the crowd just go berserk. You cannot hear a thing on the field. A lot of people may have told you that and, you know, why didn't he give you that handball? Why didn't he kick it to you? Why didn't you do this? Because you can't hear. The, the crowd is just an, an, an amazing. There was 108,000, I think, people that, that day and uh, it was just absolutely sensational just to, to, to even to, just to run out. And uh, as you just mentioned, I was very lucky enough to uh, just to play my game and David give me a complete, you know, uh, you do what you want and you, you, you spark us, you, you tackle, you do these all these 1% things, which, uh, you know, uh, is a part of footy now and uh, you know uh, all these one percent things if you do them all together um you, you win a premiership now nick we shouldn't have won that premiership but we had a fantastic side why do you uh, say you shouldn't have won the premiership well I, I i just thought that richmond were a far better side than us and i do tell the richmond guys that my mates and all that sort of thing but we played as a complete unit we only had 19 players. We didn't have 100 interchanges in those days, I yeah. can tell you, Nick. And the, the, the coach and the staff here had to really, 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 uh, you know, uh, do the right thing and do the right thing by pe putting people off. At the 15-minute mark of the last call, we lost Fitzy. So in the last 15 minutes, Nick, we had 18 play players. That was all. And they had to gel together to win a premiership against a rampant uh, Richmond side with, you know, with um, uh, Cloakie and uh, uh, Dale Waitman, as I mentioned, and uh, uh, big Mark Lee, and that half-back line was a very, very strong half-back line, you know, when I used to play on Graham Landy, he was very, very good that, uh, that, that day on. I think he played on Jimmy Buckley, and uh, it was just, a, you know, uh, something that uh, we had to work at to, to win. Um, the 20-minute mark is the first quarter, I think, Richmond we're going to do that, that we're going to target our young blokes. And uh, big wow stood up, and uh, amazing. And of course, at the 15 minute mark of the third quarter, the Richmond brought their um, 21st player on. Uh, a lady, a young lady come on the ground, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> uh, she didn't have a jumper on or anything like that. But uh, I, th I think she sort of, uh, maybe she didn't upset us, but she may have upset Richmond's thing because we kicked three goals before she come on. We were three goals down at ha half time. And we kicked the next two goals after half time, after uh, that, and we went in about ten points, um, you know, clear at uh, at three quarter time. So uh, Helen D'Amico was that? That her was name? her name. I'm not sure how that, I remember that. That was her name. You know, name. my first job was working at the Truth newspaper, so <laughs> maybe we ran that photo a few <laughs> times. But that few, was the yes. infamous streaker at the grand final. <laughs> so your first two years at the Blues, you've won two premierships, mm. come back in '83. Yep. 
and the victories continue. You win the Knight Premiership, and then as soon as it began, bang, mm. it's over. That's yep. the final year you play for the Blues. You played 65 games, and what stuns me is looking back is that you only played 65 games mm. for Carlton because you're such a legend of the club. Walk us through how it finished up. Oh, look, I don't know about a legend, uh, Nick. Superstar champion, uh, <laughs> you know, th th those, those words. But uh, no, no, look, um, it's a... Uh, uh, something that my um, uh, my father told me, you know, uh, ago, that, and, and at that stage he had leukaemia. Uh, we didn't know how bad leukaemia was at that stage, and uh, he did. He did. We had two sports shops at the time. Carlton were very good. They they gave managers. They paid for managers to come over, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, you know, it was it was um, like lightning, as you, as you said. Um, the three years just went like that. But um, you know, being such a great club and uh, wearing that CFC uh, monogram was something that I always wanted to do. Because my father actually played for Carlton as well. Nick, he wore the number four jumper as well, which I didn't know until about 20, uh, 10, 10 years, 15 years later. He, he brought out a jumper and said, this is my old jumper that I used to wear at Carlton. I said, number four, Dad, a Carlton, why didn't you, what, could you just have told me, you know? And, uh, but, you know, that, that was sensational. And, um, you know, it's been 40, 41 years too now, and, and it just seems like yesterday that, uh, you know, I'm still a part of the club. And, and I think all Carlton players, and all players that play for, you know, for opposition clubs as well, they, you know, we, we just love the, the players. I spoke to Russ about it before. A lot of people weren't paid a lot of money in those days, you know, so they played for the love of the game, the, 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 um, the, the, the jumper, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it was just a, great to be a part of. And, uh, and I was very lucky. I, I played in two premierships, uh, you know, a, a day, one night, one in the early, early 83. And, and, uh, you know, um, football wasn't easy, Nick, uh, because you had to work at it. But, um, you know, I was just very, very proud that, uh, you know, I, I got to play, uh, you know, those three years there. And, uh, uh, you know, you probably mentioned too, at 84, I was supposed to come back and did my uh, put my hand through a plate glass window. And, uh, How'd that happen? Well, you know, I was um, going to go back to play with Carlton in 84. I was picked in a side halfway through the year in those days, the 30th of June. Uh, they, they could, uh, you could uh, get a clearance and go to another club. And uh, uh, Carlton and Perth at that stage uh, actually, um, you know, uh, negotiated me coming back because, you know, I was, I was playing good footy at Perth, but didn't want to play at Perth. I wanted to play at Carlton, you, you know, and yeah. I wanted to play at the, in the VFL. And uh, at the top unfortunately, went to a state game on the Saturday. Uh, Adelaide played very well in that. Um, there was big uh, rumours that, you know, the clubs couldn't come to some sort of agreement. They sent me back west instead of sending me east, and unfortunately that, that happened. Three or four weeks later, I got, you know, uh, ridiculed by, you know, Perth people, you traitor and all this sort of thing. And I uh, got to a stage where I kicked eight goals and the next next day and I come up the stairs and one of the, uh, the Perth uh, officials said, don't worry about it, Buzz, we'll win next week. And I said, "Brick next week and put my hand through a shower glass, pain in the thing. And I got it in all right, but I had to pull it out. And of course it just, uh, yeah, just uh, pulled everything in my pan there. And, um, cost me my career in uh, in Perth for those five games. Fortunately, was able to get it back with a, with a physiotherapy and uh, you know a bit of rehabilitation the next year. And I played. And uh, Carlton tried to get me back in in '86, and uh, uh, I did a ankle uh, a training on the last training session before the um, uh, 1985 season when I was going to play with Coonahan and Bradley and Motley and Dorotich and. Uh, Reese Jones, and it was going to be, say, a resurgence of, of, of Carlton again. But uh, unfortunately, it uh, didn't work out. Do you look back, though, and think, 
It was perfect the way it was. 65 games, yeah. two premierships. The fans loved me. Mm. As opposed to going back when you maybe weren't 100%. Yeah. And, and, and the last memory we had of you in that Blues jumper wasn't as brilliant. Very good point. Very good point. I think Carlton actually said to me when I couldn't get across and did... Uh, they, they flew me over for uh, doctors and uh, specialists with the ankle, etc., etc. So they did everything in their power uh, there, Nick. And unfortunately, it got to the stage where, um, you know, it wasn't coming good. They sent me back and played at Perth for a couple of games. Couldn't think. And they said exactly what you just said then. Pete, stay away. Let them, uh, uh, let them uh, think about what you've done uh, in the past. Your legacy with the club is, uh, is, is, is it's nearly second to none. You're, you're in a revered uh, circumstances now playing for um, uh, in premiership sides. And uh, at that stage, I, I, I sort of give it away. And, uh, and that was it. Yeah, you're quite right. Well, Pete, you're an absolute superstar. We've loved having a chat. But I just want to finish with a couple of questions. You love your racing. What's your favourite punting story? <laughs> Well, I've got a, the dog now called Navy Blue Buzz, and uh, my wife and I sit in the uh, uh, at, at home and uh, put the uh, put the Sky Channel on and uh, wait for him to go around. And uh, he's a pretty smart dog. He weaves in and out, you know. So a uh, <laughs> little bit like me, I used to weave when we went in and out. But uh, no, there's there's some you know, great st stories about uh, old Leo Brooks that uh, I stayed with when I was in Melbourne. And uh, uh, Leo is a, quite a character with the club. And uh, you know, at um, half past ten on a Saturday morning, there was Jimmy and one and Sellers and Pera all around Leo's place and we'd be getting the tips for uh, for, for the Sunday afternoon Mooney Valley or Sandown or something. But uh, uh, I, I copped it one day. I you know, used to have the old uh, um, uh, little uh, little sheet of the, of, the uh, of what the races were on. I had them in my sock one day and uh, I happened to be in the, in the rooms. I pulled it out of me. Me a sock one day and David Parkin walked past and like, he gave me a nice old uh, rattle. What are you doing with that money? Punter's guy in your feet. So I got sprung there, so uh, I didn't use that for nine. But uh, no, it was it was it was great, Dave. Where you know where some of the things we used to get away with. Uh, we went to Flemington one day and Jimmy Jimmy Buckley said, "We've got a special here. It's in the last." I said, "Jimmy, we're only 25 minutes to go to train, and we'll all get a bloody big point if we don't go. It's a moral." So we all turned up at the at, at Flemington. And second, of course, me <laughs> to go to training with 15 minutes late. We go, oh, we got we got into trouble again. So I uh, well, shouldn't have hung around Jimmy Buckley so much in those days, Nick. So, uh, love you, Jimmy. He's great fun, that's for sure. Final couple of questions. Best sledge you ever heard on the footy field? Best sledge. Oh, a, a ripper, absolute ripper. Playing Melbourne one day, uh, I was out the week before, come back, and uh, uh, I happened to go past Crackers Keenan. And, he, and I hadn't had a touch for probably 20 minutes. And he said, didn't you used to be Peter Bazusto? <laughs> and I just looked at him and went, oh, look, I'll fix that up. About five minutes later, I took a screamer over him and he said, now I remember who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so Crackers is fantastic. I do a lot of shows with Crackers too. And I often tell him about this story. And he said, yeah, you jumped on me bloody head and, uh, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, no, that was, a, that was a pretty good one. That was a good one. Final question. Best spray you ever heard mm. from a coach? Oh, it was that spray, I think. Yeah. Of the, of the, of the uh, putting the uh, putting the Bible in me uh, in me sock, and uh, you know, and, and he sprung me, he sprung me taking out, looking at it, and uh, what are you doing looking at that? And, blah, blah, blah. and he could give a good speech, a sledge, uh, David, with that uh, the vein uh, sticking out. But uh, no, look, I, I used to be a player that um, you know, you, and me, me Perth coach was exactly like that too. Um, you know, get the best out of you with a spray. A lot of people, you can't do it. You've got to pat them on the backside and pat them on the wrist and that's the, the way you get the best out of them. But, uh, you know, mine was probably a spray 
uh, to get a spray and you know lift me game and you know just just tell me you know what I'm doing wrong and uh, and, and and get back in there and um, you know do the things that uh, you're doing for the side. Peter Bazasto, you're a living legend. Thanks for having a chat. Thanks, Nick. All the best. Hey lads, a guy in the community reckons we take the overs. Do we trust him? Well, his username is Big Stats Guy. Say no more. Connect with a community of like-minded punters only in Labrox communities. T's and C's apply and available on website. What are you really gambling with?